All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Smoking Cuban Podcast. Uh, my name is Cole Rast, usual co-host, and with me, as always, is Manny Dixon. Go ahead and say hello, Manny. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right, and today we have a special guest with us, um, a staff writer with us on the Smoking Cuban. Everyone, welcome Sean Bush. Go ahead and say hi, Sean. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's my first pod, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, uh, kind of like last time, Sean's been with us for a long time. Um, how, long, how long have you been writing for the site now, Sean? It's probably been like a year and a half now. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good long while. we got three of your uh, veteran smoking Cuban writers here on this pod, so... Um, I'll happily tell you that none of us have conformed to the other's ideals. We are all still very distant on what we believe is a uh, good basketball versus not good basketball, and we, we have a good time arguing. Um, so we, it's been a little bit of time since we've had a podcast. I think we're on episode 7. Does that sound right, Manny? Yes, it does. All right, so episode 7. Uh, I've been out of town. I've been sick. Uh, Manny's had some stuff going on. So we, we've been out for a little bit, but we're happy to be back, and we wanted to, to make this one... Uh, a little bit more fun, so that's why we're bringing Sean on. He brings some excitement to this for us. So uh, let's jump into this. Um, the first point we're going to talk about is something that Sean is uh, is very familiar with. We're going to talk about Dirk's last two games. Um, Ooh, so it's, we haven't been able man. to talk since uh, the obviously the announcement that Dirk is now retired from the NBA. Uh, 21 seasons with the Mavs, um, most by any NBA player in history for a single team, uh, and you know he owns. Uh, the entire Mavs record book and some some key records in the NBA. So, uh, Sean, I'm going to start with you. Walk us through it. You were there for Dirk's last game at home. You were there for Dirk's last game period. So, what are your thoughts? I know we wrote a little piece about it, but give me give me some talking points here. What did what did you think? Oh man, so, so many thoughts. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to be brief. Um, <laughs> it was it was incredible, man. The the home game primarily was unbelievable the atmosphere was amazing there was just so much love going around the building everyone was so happy and emotional and um i mean i've i've honestly never heard the american airlines center so loud no um, me it was crazy um and then with the away game i was lucky enough to uh sit right behind the bench um which i've, I've never been that close at a really any sporting event before um and i wasn't even that close in high school and i was on the team (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and uh oh man it was crazy uh just seeing dirk up close his last game that that last shot he hit um was crazy um and it was just amazing san antonio was great the fans Mm -hmm. were respectful and like all the other away teams were cheering on Dirk and everything. Um, Mavs fans really showed out. There's a lot of blue. Um, so it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And Sean now has a claim to fame because he did help start the MVP chant in the Spurs arena. Um, <laughs> so that's something to always remember. Um, I was able to go to both of the games as well. Uh, so I pretty much have the same report as Sean. It was the most electric atmosphere I've ever seen, uh, really in any sporting event, but definitely the American Airlines Center. Um, I would love to have been to like the Stars game yesterday when they clinched the first round playoff win over the Predators because that probably would have been the closest thing that that, that arena has had in a while to, to, to the kind of energy that it had on Dirk's last night, but I still don't think it would have would have touched it. But 
Um, Manny, I don't know uh, exactly what you were able to see, but since we both were at the games, we didn't get to see any of the broadcast or anything. Did you have anything else to add to those two games? or? Well, I mean, unlike you two guys, I didn't have the opportunity to actually see them live, well, yeah, in person. But thanks to League Pass, I was able to <laughs> catch both games, actually. Uh, so, yeah, it was... It was a sight to see. Uh, like I, I'm just impressed because uh, I think he averaged like what 25 points and nine boards uh, between the last two games. <laughs> I'm like that was just impressive. It was you know quintessential uh, Dirk, uh, kind of similar to his um well I want to say career averages maybe a little bit more on the rebound side, but it was just amazing. Uh, the, I could feel the energy, you know, at home is watching. Uh, so I I, I can uh, understand what you guys are talking about. So. Yeah, it just looked amazing. Uh, the presentation afterwards, um, at the you know his last home game, was was remarkable. Uh, I actually fell asleep right after the game, but <laughs> I heard the you know I heard the commotion going, uh, and I'm like, wait, gotta get up, gotta get oh up. My God. So I got up right on time, and I was able to see the entire <laughs> thing, and I was just like, it, that's when it hit me. It hit me like. Oh, oh, he's really retiring. Like, this is it. <laughs> and, um, it still hasn't hit yeah, me, so I'm it, glad it hit you. Yeah, I'm just like, dang, man. Like, why does this always happen? Like, why does it, Why do we always wait till, you know, like the last game, the last moment, the last shot to, like, you know, really understand, like, this was their last season? But yeah. he put it all out there, and I love the way he did it. He didn't want to make it, you know, too much about himself. So he just, uh, you know, wrote it out to the end and announced it in his way. So right. I can't ask anything more, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he really did choose to go out in, in the way that he wanted to uh, for for the most part. Um, but Dirk leaves behind maybe the most incredible, definitely the most incredible legacy we've ever seen in Dallas, maybe one of the most incredible legacies we've seen in the NBA period. Um, 21 years worth of memories. Uh, some of the greatest thing, all of pretty much all of the greatest things that have ever happened to the Dallas Mavericks uh, came on the back of Dirk. Um, but I want to hear uh, each of y'all's favorite memory of Dirk. So let's start with Manny. What's your favorite memory of Dirk? Um, it's tough. It's it's more of like an emotional thing for me. Uh, it's it's two actually, and they both came in 2011. Um, it it was uh, first one was after the the OKC series, uh, mm-hmm. the Western Conference uh, uh, Finals. Um, it was you could just see like the look in his face, like he just wasn't satisfied. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty much like we already had one of those, um, and <laughs> you know we remember how that ended in, in 06. So he just had this look in his eyes, like you know he's not done you know there's like there's still unfinished business and that to me was just like all i need to see i'm like yeah we got this and then moving forward to the finals against the heat like in that clinching game game six just watching him like break down and you know like <laughs> hopping over the, mm-hmm. over um chairs and going to like the lock i'm like you, you you could just i don't know i i just appreciate um athletes uh showing you know their their the emotions um mm-hmm. because it's not too often you see it in that way at least um normally right. it's like in a negative fashion you know towards media or, or fans whatever the case may be but just to have him an all-time great a legend break down you know because it means so much to him like that just did something to me 
And because he did it, not by himself, but he put the team on his back, you know what I mean? Um, right. I can't really say the same about a, the, like the last few championship teams. It's been like a group mm-hmm. effort for the most part, like at least two or three superstars, but it was literally Dirk having like a Herculean uh, type series just right. to like, capture, you know, a, a ring first. And I'm just like, that, that you know, tops it all for me. Yeah, Dirk versus the world. Uh, how about you, Sean? Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of the same way, Manny. So, um, you know, I had a lot of a lot of things going into consideration. You know, the shot over Bosch, the LeBron Wade cough thing, and him showing him up. The flu game, the um, him dropping fifty on Tim Thomas. But um, I I think I go back to that emotional connection. I I had the him running to the locker room, like you did when he just broke down after that championship, and you could just see how much that meant to him. Um, and, you know, I feel like the city was kind of feeling the same way where, you know, we finally got it. Um, and it felt like the window was closing and he just opened it right back up and we got that one. Um, and the other one for me is in the parade um, when he started just belting out, uh, you know, we <laughs> are the champions. Oh, uh, yes. with that with that Dirk voice and you know everyone was just going crazy and um I, I you know I was there and it was it was just special I mean it, it was amazing and um Dirk has just been the heart of the city for so long that I think for me the moments I connect with him the most is when you can see his emotion and um you can kind of share a moment with him you know yeah definitely um I mean, I, I agree. It was one of the most fantastic things we've we've ever seen um, with his championship run. My personal favorite moment f- of his was uh, the game one of the Oklahoma City series. Um, I was lucky enough to be at that game uh, when he dropped 48. Um, just seeing what, what he was capable of, you know, kind of, and that was... It's hard to say exactly when his peak was because his peak was so long, but that was one of the most fascinating um, games to see that, you know, you have these upcoming stars with Harden, Russ, and uh, and KD all in the game, um, and Dirk just outshined each one of them. You know, all three of those guys are now have, have now been MVP of the league, and at one point they all played together and just got destroyed by Dirk and a bunch of guys. Um, so that's my my top one personally, um, but let's uh, let's go on to our next talking point. Um, still on, on the Dirk thing, just a little bit more. Uh, what do y'all think is next for Dirk? What's the next step? Uh, Sean, go ahead and tell me what you think. Uh, I am a hundred percent here for Dad Dirk. I'm talking barbecues, picking his kids up from practice, bringing the snacks to the soccer games, Orange drinking slices. frescas. Yeah, orange slices. Um, I think for about two years, he's just going to go full full dad mode, and we're going to get some goofy traveling videos and um, a lot of Jessica beating him at tennis and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then uh, once he, he, once he kind of gets that going for a while, I think for about two years, I think he's going to return to the organization as a development coach and 
Um, I think specifically I could just see him taking Kristaps' game to the next level when Kristaps is starting to enter his prime. Um, I don't see him as a head coach ever. I, I just He just doesn't strike me as a head coach kind of guy. Um, yeah. But I think he's going to want to be around the team and work with the guys kind of like Nash and Duncan have done um, over the years with you know different teams. Yeah, agreed. I think that uh, um, I don't think he's going to be a head coach. I think he may be a developmental coach. I think he may be a scout. Um, but yeah, I think he's played 21 years of NBA basketball at the highest level. He's he's put plenty of stress on his mind and on his body. He's not going to do anything that's going to going to do any more of that, in my opinion. Um, I do hope he takes a year or two off to to just kind of relax. Um, maybe stay in the public eye. He's still doing his his celebrity baseball game and he's going to do some other charity things uh, which I think is great um, but yeah I kind of hope he just relaxes for a few years um, you know reboots hits hits the reset button uh, and and comes back uh, wherever really wherever he wants to but I, I agree with you on that what do you think Manny? Yeah I, I agree with the first point Um, I, I can see him taking a year or two off just to enjoy his family a lot more um you know decompress um you know just uh relax for for a while because it's it's been a long ride um Mm -hmm. i do see him coming back to play a role with the organization um i agree i don't see him you know as a head coach or anything um but i do see him in like a hybrid type of role maybe like an ambassador, like something similar to that of uh, Magic Johnson with the Lakers. Well, yeah, the position that Magic wanted all along, <laughs> you know, like just uh, just to, like serve as the face of the organization, uh, help out however he can, but also um, to a, a lesser degree, maybe I can see him as like a Hakeem with the Rockets, you know, helping develop. Um, uh, Chris Stapps and Lucas Games. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I can see him, like, stepping in and, you know, just helping out with the two, you know, cornerstones of the team uh, that we have moving forward. So that would be that would be um, pretty dope. Yeah. What do y'all think of the, the rumors that uh, Cuban's going to get him in as, like, a minor, owner, a minor ownership deal? Yeah, I didn't hear that. I, I could definitely see that. Um, apparently, there's some, some teams are – a little or other owners are a little concerned about it because they think well if you just like reward him <laughs> with an ownership position you know could other teams use that as like a free agency pitch but i think that's kind of ridiculous um i think you know hmm. this is a pretty you know special circumstance right um, and I, I could definitely see it going forward i mean it's not like he's gonna be get a huge stake in the team but i, I could definitely see cuban Especially with all the money Dirk has sacrificed over the years, right? Giving a little say, piece of the organization. I was gonna say he could just call that a down payment. All the money that he saved, Cuban. Yeah, it's all even <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So obviously we all love Dirk here. Dirk is is one of the greatest uh, players in NBA history. Obviously the greatest player in Mavericks history, and just one of the greatest people um, that has ever graced our lives. Um, but let's jump out of Dirk talk for a little bit uh, and jump into, um, I'll say, free agency slash summer. Um, but let's talk about some salary cap stuff. So uh, 
We'll call Sean our resident expert on salary cap stuff. Uh, I don't know that he'll claim he'll claim the title, but he certainly knows more than Manny and I, and he certainly knows the most uh, from our staff. So we do like to pick his brain a little bit with with some salary stuff. Um, quick breakdown of what our roster looks like going forward. Uh, Tim Hardaway is under contract for a couple more years, uh, averaging about $19 million a year. Um Courtney Lee has another year on his contract. Dwight Powell has a player option. Um, there's talks about the Mavs already working on an extension for him, so expect him to be back. Um, Luca's still on his rookie deal. He's going to be making a little over $7 million next year uh, and then goes up from there. Uh, Chris Stapps is a restricted free agent. We're going to re-sign him. Dirk obviously not returning. J.J. Barea... Um, we'll see. His status is kind of up in the air, although it does seem like the Mavs are going to want to t- bring him back. Uh, Justin Jackson has another year. Trey Burke is unrestricted. Dorian Finney-Smith is restricted. Devin Harris is unrestricted. Maxi Cleaver is restricted. Brunson's on his rookie deal. Uh, Brokoff has another year, but it is not guaranteed. Uh, and then, obviously, Sala is an unrestricted free agent as well. Um, so, give me a, a rough idea of what kind of salary cap situation we have going into this summer, Sean? Yeah, so uh, the Mavs have about right around $30 million in cap space right now. Um, mm-hmm. You could, there's ways of creating more cap, you know. Um, you could trade someone like Courtney Lee, he, since he's an expiring, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, could, you could probably get someone to take his $12 million. If not, if you don't want to give up anything, you can stretch wave him. Which means his twelve million is stretched over three years, mm-hmm. so we'd be paying him four million for the next three years, basically just to cut him. Um, but that would clear eight million, um, which would be pretty big, you know, pretty significant. Right. Um, but there are downsides it, to doing something like that. Yeah, you're paying a guy to not play for you for the next two seasons, you know. Right. Um, so there, uh, there's some things that taking into consideration so like you mentioned Powell is Dwight Powell is probably going to get an extension based off what Cuban and Donnie have said um, he's at 10 mil so that could go up or it could go down I, I expect it probably to stay about the same maybe I could see him getting 9 or 11 million starting or something like that mm-hmm. um, so you're pretty much in the 30-ish mil range um, Chris stops. His max is five for one fifty eight. Um, I expect we'll give it to him. Uh, his cap hold is seventeen million, which means he he counts, and that's already factored into the thirty million. But he counts seventeen million against the cap until um, until you sign him. So ideally, you want to reach a deal with him first, but sign him last. Just kind of have a agreement and then sign other free agents first okay right because of the restricted free agency tag we have yeah, that option okay yeah because with restricted free agent you free agency you can go over the cap to as right. long as you're keeping your own guys um right so you could go over to sign Kristaps max and then use the 30 million for other people okay. um we have a a trade exception that we got from the barnes deal that's uh, worth $21.3 million. Um, trade exceptions are kind of tricky. Basically, you can just trade that for another player um, around the same 
cap. Um, but the only issue with this trade exception is it counts against the cap um, until you use it or or just renounce it. Right. So if we want to make a trade using it, we're going to have to do it before free agency starts or else it's 21.3 out of our 30 million. Okay. So I, I did have some questions about that specifically, about that pl- traded player exception. Now, there's been some confusion, but essentially the player that we trade for has to fit within that $21 million. You can't go over it. You can't use extra cap space to use that, correct? Uh, correct. Okay. And then um, it has to be. it can only be used for one player? Uh, I think that's true. Um, because we chose to combine just... it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you can you can use less. It doesn't have to be around 21. Like, I think you could use it for, like, a 10 million player. Right, and then um, the rest of the cap is wiped. Yeah. From your salary cap. Okay. That was my, my rough understanding, but I was, uh, I was unsure of exactly how it works. Um... So in essence, we're we're looking at uh, that what you said that close to that thirty million with uh, with a lot of roster spots still open. Yeah, and that's before any talks with JJ, with Devin, with Maxi, with Dorian, any of those guys. Yes, it's, that's correct. Okay. Um, well, we're not gonna uh, jump too far into free agent targets. Um. We, we talked about that last podcast, and we'll talk about it more as the summer goes on, but uh, this is a good way to, to kind of understand um, where we're sitting, what, what our options are going forward. Um, I mean, with that kind of cap space, if the Mavs choose to, you really can, can look at most free agent options um, as, as options because of, of the number we have. Um, it would likely mean that we would lose out on some of the players that we do like. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, uh, JJ, guys like that would be uh, kind of on the on the edge there if the Mavs did choose to go for a, a big name free agent. But it is uh, it is an interesting situation that the Mavs are in. Um, but Manny, what do you think about about this? About our salary cap? About the fact that some of the big um, destinations in the NBA have a lot of cap space as well? What what's your take on this? Uh, I mean, I mentioned it, uh, maybe like last, the last episode, um, I, I just feel like it's a different time we're in now, mm-hmm. um, clearly because we were able to swing, you know, Chris Dapps, um, I don't think we have the same issues, um, well, whatever the issue was, uh, in years past with, you know, luring, uh, big name free agents, I feel like we're in the, like a transition phase at this point. Right. I think that a lot of I feel like more players are looking at us, especially because of you know the phenom, you know Luka Doncic and and now Chris Stapps as well. Um, we have a a pretty solid uh, foundation in in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I I, I I'm actually kind of confident, and I and I mention it. I do think we will land one of the two preferred uh, free agents that I believe the Mavs are are you know reported to be interested in right um but yeah I mean honestly it it, w- it will suck to lose a few of the guys that I must say I've come to 
to like and appreciate um, a lot more than I did at the beginning of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Dia, like, like Dory, Dorian, and um, Maxi in particular. Um, but if we have the opportunity to, like, swing a third star, I mean, that's putting us in, like, rare air. You know, we haven't been in that situation as far as I can remember, you know, so, I mean, it's something, if we want to, you know, create a new culture, uh, you know, we want to add a new identity to, to, to our organization, I feel like it's a great look. If we can add a third star, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm excited, actually. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I am, too. Um, all right, Sean, give me a, give me your pitch. I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. Give me your pitch for one guy... Uh, could be someone we've been rumored to be after. Could be someone that we haven't been talked about. Give me your pitch for one guy that you think the Mavs should be watching. Ooh, that's 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 a good question. Um, I'll go with, and this is a guy that's been talked about a lot more recently. Um, I'll go with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I think he would be a great fit. Uh, I think you wouldn't. You there'd be less risk attached than like a Kemba or a, a Vucevic because you wouldn't have to pay him nearly as much um and i think you would still have money left over to fill out the roster with with solid role players um and and he's young you know he's he's 25 or 20 i think he's 26 actually um so he fits the chris stops luca timeline and they could grow together um and i think he'd be a great fit um is he capable of being the third star yeah um so uh, and then, you know, like, like you said, it would be nice to keep guys like Maxi and Dorian. Um, and what's good about them is they both have very low cap holds, mm-hmm. um, under $2 million for each. So if as long as you're not using literally all of your cap space on one guy, there's a I think there's a good shot you could bring him back and retain him. those guys, yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree about Brogdon. I, th- I am a big fan. I think that he fits the mold. I think that he is one of those guys that um, can do a whole lot with not a, with not much um, uh, you know, not much time with the ball. He's great at playing off the ball and he's very effective uh, in the limited time he has um, with the ball. Yeah, he's obviously had a 50, 40, 90 year this year, which is um, really impressive for a guy at his age um but yeah I, i'm in on brogdon as well uh manny give me your pitch one guy not zion you know man <laughs> just kidding <laughs> uh, so we're talking big name that we have doesn't have to mentioned. be a big name anyone oh oh i'll take pat bev <laughs> i knew it was coming i knew it was coming yeah yeah definitely um honestly i mean i feel i feel he's I'm not sure what he would, uh, uh, I guess, like, um, require. Like, um, maybe, you know, Sean, you can help me out with this. Maybe, uh, oh man, maybe like ten mil or I don't know. That that more. that sounds about right to me. But um, it's really interesting with this playoffs. He's been so good that um, I he think he's made himself up. a lot of money. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see where he lands on the open market. He'll be an interesting player to watch with his age and his injury history, but. He's such a good defender that just about any team could use him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm the reason why I like him. Well, besides you know, obvious reasons, I mean, if we can get him in that price range or 
even it's like a 12 mil i i'm okay as well with the idea of going after like a malcolm brogdon brogdon um as opposed to like throwing all the cap space towards one uh free agent like kemba who i would love to have but if we can add you know two um two two other players mm-hmm. i mean i i i don't think you know you pass that up especially if you're able to 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 put like a defensive uh, uh minded guard next to luca mm-hmm. um just to just to stir up the 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 front court i mean you can't you really can't pass that because i think it's something we've been missing uh for a while so i mean yeah that's that's my guy um <laughs> and you know that's again, a lot I of people's like guy him, yeah, I mean he's just he's just growing on me. I I I've loved him for a while, and I just think that he and honestly maybe it's just me, but I think Luca has a bit of a mean streak, and he he is super competitive, and I don't I think it would be great to have him alongside Luca because their energy would like just feed off each other because yeah. they're just they're just mm-hmm. serious com- com- competitors, and that's the type of plays like you need to have around like you want that guy in the clubhouse because he's not gonna let anybody just you know hang their head and you know woe is me like look at the predicament whatever it is like he's just a he's pumped he's on 10 all the time and i just love those guys so yeah i love to have him in dallas i uh, i completely agree um and i think that's why i like brogdon a lot is um i think brogdon beverly for me would be a great free agency you know grab those two guys i think you could probably fit that into 30 and then just bring back kleba and, and dorian and maybe take a chance on another, you know, Seth Curry type signing where kind of uh, slips through the cracks, young guy, give him a shot. He's got some talent. Um, I think that'd be a great offseason. Yeah. Uh, I told you guys I've, I was very hesitant with Pat Beverly, but I am getting on the wagon a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw a name out here that has not been talked about a lot. Um or I don't know if he's been talked about much at all, um, but Al Farouk Aminu is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, I don't know that what the chances of getting him away from the Blazers are. He's really found his groove there. Um, but if the Mavs could get him back, you, you, you kind of win two things. You get a, a better all-around player, both offense and defense, than Dorian, and then you can... Um, uh, you know, maybe not the best, maybe not the best way to put it, but you can let Dorian walk and replace him with a guy that is going to fit the team better, is more athletic. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm a big fan of Aminu. I loved him when he was here. I was really sad when we let him go. Um, but his, you know, he he's earning about seven million this year with uh, the Blazers, and I think that if you overpay him a little bit, go into eight, nine, ten, I think that you could get him away from uh, from the Blazers. Uh, at that point, it becomes a question of whether that's worth it or not. I'm not sure what Aminu's age is, but I'm just a big fan, and I would love to see the Mavs pursue him again. Yeah, I think he's about 28. I mean, yeah, he's more of a finished product than, yeah. than Dorian for sure. So, I mean, for that reason, like you said, like it's the familiarity thing. We know what he offers, and we see he, he hasn't, you know, let up since he's left Dallas. Right. He's been right. doing the exact same thing in Portland and, you know, in the playoffs as well. So it's just like... Yeah, he's 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 battle tested. He's been there, so definitely I get it. I mean, I don't think the age is like too much of an issue, but I, I would love to have him back. I was sad that we had to let him go because you know we were chasing after um, other free agents and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I would 
I would I would take the swap. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. I I agree. Uh, I think you guys put it perfectly. I mean, if you were to say like, what's Dorian Finney Smith's ceiling? It's it's probably Alfred Okamini, right? I mean, that's probably like if he so. continues Absolutely. to develop. Yeah, that's like best case scenario is him. So if you want to do that trade, one I mean not like literally trade him, but if you want to let Doran walk and sign Aminu, I think he'd be a great fit. He's obviously comfortable with the city. I think I mean we made him a lot of money here, so I think he'd be happy to come back if Portland doesn't want him. Um I I'd be all on board. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um all right, so let's move away from free agency. Uh, let's talk about the draft. Obviously, the draft is uh, something that everyone wants to talk about, but also everyone's afraid to talk about because we don't want to get our uh, excitement up too much. Um, for those of you who don't know, everyone prob- here probably does know the Mavs are um, currently ninth in the draft order. Uh, they have a top five protected pick this summer, so if it is within the top five, uh, picks, then the Mavs will keep it. Really, in the top four because they don't have a chance at the fifth pick. If it's in the top four, the Mavs will keep it. If it is not, then it goes to Atlanta. Um, the percentages, I don't know the exact percentages, but the, the Mavs have a, a, a better shot than in the past uh, at getting into the top four. Uh, but again, it's not a great chance. Um, so the Mavs plans, fans are playing it pretty safe. You know, we don't want to say that. We don't want to get too excited for the draft, but we also don't want to overlook the draft and then have have the lottery come up on us and tell us we're getting someone and have to scramble to do all of our research. Um, so most of us have done our, our due diligence on draft without making it too uh, too well known. So um, what I want to start with here is what should the Mavs do if they get a top four pick? So I'm going to ask you first, Sean. Okay, yeah. Um... I, one thing I'll point out really quick um, is if the Mavs get the pick, obviously you have to pay the pick, so that cuts into your cap a little bit, um, right. which is something to keep in mind. And this um, summer that top five pick will be paid even more than it was this last year, correct? Because the cap is yeah. higher? I think it's from one to four, which is the only place the Mavs could land. It's like a first pick is like $9 million and fourth pick makes like $6 million. Okay. Um, so so right, I wouldn't be too big close of a chunk, to what Luke but like, getting. yeah. Um, if we keep the pick, um, if we get one, for me, it's it's a no brainer. It's Zion. Mm-hmm. I think he's like Hercules or something. Like I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not positive that he's a human being. Um, he's <laughs> not like the most skilled prospect ever. He's very skilled for his size, um, but just physically, I mean. He's got the size. He's, he just bullies people around. And people are like, well, he's not going to be able to bully people in the NBA. He's bigger than everyone in the NBA, too. Like, I just, <laughs> I think he will. Uh, he's just, he's crazy. Um, if you don't get one, I think it gets more interesting. Um, I think Jean Morant is my, my probably my second pick um, if I get two. Um, followed by Culver, followed by Barrett. RJ Barrett out of Duke. Um, I'm a little lower on RJ Barrett than a lot of people. Uh, I just I'm not sure about his fit. Um, I'm a little worried he's got some Wiggins um, tendencies. You know, he needs uh, the ball and needs to shoot it a lot. Um, someone <laughs> gets it. Mr. Duke uh, over there is not happy with that. I don't think. So uh, <laughs> I agree with him actually. Oh, interesting. So um, I think one, I take Zion and don't look back. Two through four, I 
explore the trade market a little bit. Um, see, kick around the tires on some stars, you know, like a Bradley Beal, a Blake Griffin, a Drew Holiday. See if any of those teams want to get out of their guy for a pick to, to reset. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I'm probably going Zion, Jaw, Culver, Barrett. Okay. All right, Manny. Yeah, uh, yeah. One, that's a, you know, that's a no-brainer. Like uh, Sean said, it's Zion. Um, we we talked about the idea of John Morant, um, and it's weird because I I love his game, but I do think it's a lot similar to it's pretty similar to um, that of uh, Dennis Smith Jr.'s. Uh, I know Cole, you said you think his fit alongside Luca would be a lot. Well, a little bit different because um, because he he's a more willing passer, which I can agree with. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence at two, mm-hmm. but three and four, um, definitely I would explore the trade market. And honestly, at the rate they're going, I think we could like get Devin Booker for like the third or fourth oh, because <laughs> I don't know what's up. going on. <laughs> like they hired a coach. In order to draft Luka Doncic, and then they did a <laughs> draft Luka Doncic, and then they fired the coach. So yeah, I'll take my my chances and try to trade third or fourth pick uh, for Devin. I'm just saying, you never know. Just strange things have happened. Just call Phoenix and stay on the line until they offer the whole team. They yeah, for, they won't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, Booker is 22, and he's played for five coaches now, that or he's about to play for his fifth coach. It's crazy. He's 22 years old. He's the most underrated good player in the league, too. I, I kind of think so, too. People are starting to think he's, like, bad or something because Phoenix is bad. I mean, this <laughs> guy, he scores on everybody. It's insane. Oh, man. He dropped 70. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before he wants out. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I can't imagine that he's satisfied with anything that's going on there. Oh, yeah, um, no way. I have a very similar mindset to you guys. I have Zion at one. I have John Morant at two. I have actually I have Culver at three as well, and RJ at four. Um, and honestly, I have RJ at four because I just don't think there's. <laughs> I I think that there's a drop off after three. Let's put it that way. Um, I am. I do like John Morant, and I do like Jarrett Culver a lot. Um, but given the option. Uh, I would rather the Mavs trade two through four any day um, if it means getting someone like Beal, someone like Holiday, someone like Griffin, someone like Booker, any of those guys, sign me up. Um, I think Morant is going to have a good career. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think that he is um, the guy that the Mavs necessarily prefer in this situation. Um, but, you know, if it comes down to it and they do make the pick, I'm totally fine with, with John Morant or a Jarrett Culver at that point. Um, if it gets into four, I think that the Mavs should even look into maybe even um, trading that pick for a future draft pick or something like that, uh, along with a with a, a B level player or something along those lines. Um, but that's just me. Um, I've also t- I, I know that I get reamed every time I bring it up, but I have talked about the uh, idea of trading the number one overall pick. Um, I don't think I would ever do it or ever think about doing it, but I would love to see the offers that that it could amount to like if the if the pelicans honestly called and said anthony davis was on the table for zion i would 
I would think about it. I don't think I'd do it just because of the situation with Anthony oh, Davis and the contract. Man. But that would be terrifying to put him and Chris Depps together in the front court. Uh, it would be crazy. Um, aside from that, I don't think there's anyone I would even consider for Zion. But if that if that call came in, I would uh, I would think about it. I'd put him on hold for a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we pretty much have the same mindset going into this. Uh, I think with Zion being the the really the best overall um, possibility followed by a, a trade for a, a top-level player that's not happy in their situation. Um, okay, I have, a, I have a question for you guys. Sure. A little impromptu okay. question. Let's say the, the Mavs do get Zion. Um, they <laughs> land one and get Zion. Hypothetically, do you, do you think that changes anything from other players' perspectives as far as free agency goes? Like that next tier that we don't even talk about with like a – Kawhi or a Durant or a Kyrie or someone like do you think we become an option or just too much youth and not substantial enough that's a good question I think that uh I think that it would intrigue them I think that it would intrigue a player like Kawhi um or I I don't know that it would matter to Kevin Durant I think Durant is is pretty much you know, he's going to do what he wants. Same with Kyrie. I think Kyrie's kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh, I do think it would, you'd get some more looks from someone like Kawhi, someone like Kemba, someone like Clay Thompson, where it's yeah. like, you know, I could go in and, and be kind of the, the de facto leader just because I'm the oldest in this group. Um, and that might, that might appeal to some of those guys. Uh, I still think that um, I still think that it probably would not happen, and I still and I kind of think the Mavs would be less inclined to pursue those guys, um, not because that they wouldn't love to have them, but rather because they want to build a team that can last. Whereas yeah. if you add a flash in the pan guy for a year or two, uh, it kind of changes the whole future of the team. Ooh, Dang. Luca. Zion KP. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a free agent that wouldn't give Dallas a second look <laughs> if we were able to to land Zion. Honestly, um, I can't think of a better, you know, three man lineup. Honestly, um, I and I know he hasn't played in the NBA yet. <laughs> Certain things you just know when you see it. Um, <laughs> Like Zion is just one of those players, and that's just a monster lineup. Um, and the honestly, fit, the I fit think, is great. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, they, exactly. It it is. He doesn't require the ball. He, and like I keep saying, I feel like he gets up to play defense even more than on the other end of the court. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, for that reason alone, I'm just like, yo, sign me up. Honestly, um. But yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a free agent out there right now that wouldn't consider us if we were able to land um, Zion. Um, would the Mavs, you know, go after them? That's another question. Depends on who it is. Um, I don't think they would go after a player like KD. I don't even. I don't even like the fit. Oddly enough, um, just because of the history with him and and Cuban, uh, huh, yeah. I don't know how that would work. Um, 
but yeah, I, Kawhi, I can see, you know, that that would whew. that would be so <laughs> scary. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I can see Kawhi. I can see Kyrie. I can definitely see Clay, like you said, Cole. Um, Could you imagine yeah. Kawhi making up for Luca's defense instead of like Dorian Finney-Smith? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, that, that's a little bit of an upgrade. <laughs> Just a small <laughs> upgrade there. That oh, it'd be what to reach be and what? hit both sidelines with his hands. It'd be like <laughs> Brunson. You're starting five with like Brunson, Luca, Kawhi, Zion, Kristaps. Oh my gosh, it'd be crazy. <sighs> yeah, let's get down to lay down, pretty much. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. I think uh, I think DeAndre Jordan would have been able to get out of his chair. I don't think Duck Rivers would have been able to hold him down if that was the lineup he was coming to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd become like the the new destination where players are willing to take like you know the least amount of money just to sign up, you know, because yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of youth and a lot of talent. Be the first be first team be the first team to ever hold tryouts for superstars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the Joker is like just gonna stick and break it at half and be like, hey, have at it. Like, <laughs> made the best right. man win. Whoever comes out alive gets a contract. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, that, was, that was a good question, Sean. That's a that's an interesting thing to think about. Um. All right, let's jump back into some draft stuff. So uh, we're going to go through kind of a top 10 list that we have, um, just top 10, 10 guys that we like in the draft that we would uh, we would love to see. We, we love their game or we'd love to see them on the Mavs or some uh, combination of the two. Um, but obviously first we all have Zion. Uh, Manny, give me, we've already talked about him a little bit, just give me one sentence on why Zion is the best player in this draft. Shaq. Um, Ewing, LeBron, um, and then Zion. <laughs> it's uh, just a handful of players that when you see them, you know that they're going to turn the league upside down. And they're just generational. They don't come around too often. They just have that it factor. And it's not just what they can do on the court. Um, honestly, just being a Duke fan and watching him, and it's, it's one thing to be that good, but to be that good, and still remain humble and just mm-hmm. enjoying to play basketball mm-hmm. and just being like, just just because you love to play the sport, like just being so pure, it's just, he's, he got people to actually not hate Duke. <laughs> like, that's true. That's all you have to say. He, he made you up, know, like, it, he made up about I half can't of what Christian Leitner did. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember he's a time in history when people actually weren't rooting against Duke and it's just like, it's just a Zion factor. Yeah, he's um, he's on the other side of the Duke yeah, spectrum he's... from Bobby Hurley. So, oh yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> my guy. <laughs> but yeah, he's just he's just otherworldly, and um, yeah, there's just like no second guessing it. Yeah, yeah. My big thing about Zion is that he's he has the highest floor I've ever seen in the draft. I've never seen a guy that's more <laughs> NBA ready as far as physicality, as far as um, ability, and as far as IQ go. Uh, and I will so I will agree with you on one point, Manny, that his attitude is one of the main reasons I really fell for the guy. I really am all in on him because of the way he plays the game and the way that he he carries himself. Um, so 
We, do we all have Ja Morant at number two? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay, uh, Sean, give me your give me your pitch for Ja. What what makes Ja the second best player in this draft? Uh, you know, um, I, I don't mean this to uh, as a slight to Ja because he's a great prospect. Um, it, it's a it's a bad class. I mean, Zion's really really yeah. good, crazy good. You would be one in most drafts. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think Ja for me is your typical number two. Um, I think he's really good. He's a he's very athletic. He's a great passer. Um, he can rebound. He stuffs the stat sheet. He's a decent enough shooter, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. But there's something, you know, uh, how good of a shooter can he be? How good of a defender can he be? Um, but he, he does seem like he's very ready and confident to run an NBA team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that he's uh, I think that he's, he's pretty NBA ready. Um, I don't think that he's ever going to be confused with the maybe the top 10 top 15 players in the league but I do think he'll have a, a solid career um, number three I've got uh, Jarrett Culver I think Sean you said you have Culver as well yep Manny who you got at three um, I have uh, DeAndre Hunter okay Virginia. Um, I'll talk about Culver real quick and then we'll hear your pitch for Hunter um, Culver I think it is just a uh, a great hustle player. We obviously saw him throughout the entire tournament, um, taking Texas Tech all the way to the championship game. Uh, he's a good rebounder. He's a good passer. He's a good defender. Um, he he shoots the ball well. His three point shot uh, could use some help. Um, but aside from that, he he does have just an overall solid game. He's got a lot of energy. He's got size. Um, I'm just I'm a fan. Uh, anything to add to that, Sean? Before we jump over to Manny. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much the same stuff. You know, he's he's good at everything. You know, he's maybe not excellent or great at any one thing, um, mm-hmm. but he's gonna step in and he's gonna contribute right away. Right. Um, I'm not sure about his ceiling necessarily. Um, it, like you said, it might be tied to his his jumper. Um, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think he can defend. Uh, he's a little bit of a late bloomer, um, physically and as a prospect. So. I think a lot of times it's a good thing. Um, he's uh, kind of coming into his own right now. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, give me DeAndre Hunter. Give me your pitch, Manny. Uh, I like DeAndre Hunter because of his size. He's, uh, he's uh, 6'7", 225. Um, he's not afraid of the big the big lights, the big moments, mm-hmm. as we saw in the, the tournament. Yeah. Um, he's able to knock down shots. He was shooting off with 40% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's pretty pretty complete. Um, yeah, you know, he's a solid play because he's coming from Virginia. Honestly, they have a really great program over there. Um, like, you know, we're all big on um, Brogdon, mm-hmm. and it's just the culture that the team has. So, yeah, I mean, all around, I, I think he is the like the third best uh, prospect coming out this year. Yeah. Um, I've got R.J. Barrett at four. Sean, I think you said R.J. as well. Yep. Uh, Manny, who you got at four? Yeah, I have, I have RJ, RJ as, well. as well. Okay, um, yeah, I think I think we all know what RJ Barrett is. Uh, he's a, a potential, um, a potentially great offensive player. Uh, he does have some some uh, good signs on defense. Um, the one thing that turns me against RJ more than anything is kind of hit the way he carries himself. 
just doesn't seem uh, he, he seems disinterested in the game a little bit too often uh, and that in yeah. college is worrisome uh, especially once yeah. once he's making multi-million dollars playing basketball and has some some uh, advertisement deals uh, that's something that really worries me I don't know is there something else that worries you guys about him aside from really just that yeah uh, it's a bit inconsistent for me um, he Definitely. has like this whole um it's like tunnel vision. Like I think sometimes he doesn't um, allow himself to uh, like survey the floor for mm-hmm. all his options, like going through his reads. Like when he decides in his head he's going to the lane, um, that's what just what he does. And I feel like yeah. he forces up his his shot a lot. Um, and it's some of some, sometimes watching him finish at the rim is like. Oh my god! But then again, he's a lefty, so a lot of those crazy shots go in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like his ceiling is like T Mac, and his I don't know. His floor is like like you said, Wiggins, and I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I really can't gauge it. Yeah, I think he and Harrison Barnes have the same eye doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, uh, a lot of the same thoughts. Like you said, tunnel vision. That was big for me. He, he, you can you can just kind of see it. A lot of times he'll go into possession and like make the decision beforehand. Like I'm gonna shoot this or I'm gonna mm-hmm. dish it, um, yeah. and that's an issue. Um, it's easy to see why he was. Most people had him as the top recruit in high school. You know he's so skilled, especially for his size, and he can do a lot of things. But um, and the other thing you brought up, Manny, he's he's so. I've never seen a guy that is as skilled as he is that's a wing that he is so left-hand dominant i mean it seems like he can't yeah. do anything with his right and i think you get to the nba and that's going to be a major issue that wasn't exposed as much mm-hmm. uh maybe in college Definitely. yeah um okay let's do let's do number five and then we'll kind of speed it up on six through ten uh, i've got deandre hunter at five who do you have sean i got brandon clark brandon clark okay and manny I have uh, Jared Culver. Okay. Uh, anything to add about Culver? Um, honestly, I'm not huge on Culver, mm-hmm. but I do love his his height. I uh, love his shooting ability. I honestly, if I'm being real, um, I do think he could use another year to develop. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, but you know, if he's in the draft, I'll take him at five because of. You know the potential that's there, mm-hmm. but I do think um, he has all the pieces. I just haven't seen enough of it consistently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe, safe pick, and it, it is. It really is a drop off. So, I mean, yeah, there's <laughs> was really um, there's definitely a clip on this draft. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go go with DeAndre Hunter real quick. Um, since you already talked about him a little bit, Manny, but. Uh, the one thing that I like about Hunter is he's kind of like the bigger, better version of what we of what we hoped we got in Justin Anderson. Um, he's a great defensive player, uh, solid three point shooter, um, and just like you said, he's he's ready for the big stage. And I think that he's going to come in and he's going to be. Uh, I think that he that aside from Zion, he could be a serious contender for rookie of the year because he just does seem to be NBA ready. Um, he could end up being a, a big steal um, at that point, um, with his ceiling being uh, being I think a, a regular starter 
uh, and even a uh, um, a potential go-to guy in uh, in some situations. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of DeAndre Hunter. I think that he's good. I think that he's got a chance at being really good. I don't think that he's got a I don't think that he's got a real chance at being great. Um, no, I agree. Uh, Sean, you have uh, Brandon Clark. Yeah, uh, he's the he's a big man. He transferred to Gonzaga this year. Um, he's I'd say the biggest knock uh, on him for me would be his age. He'll be he'll be twenty three next year as a rookie. Um, but what I love about him is um, I think the fit next to Kristaps would be great. He's mm-hmm. he's an insanely good interior defender. Just great shot blocker. Um, great rebounder. He had this year. He had 114 blocks and only 117 <laughs> missed shots. So wow. almost had more blocks and missed shots. Um, he had the second highest PER of the decade behind Zion. Um, <laughs> and it's crazy for both those guys because the big knock on PER is it doesn't really take into account defense. But they're two of the best defensive Absolutely. prospects in the yeah. draft. You know. Um, and he can't really shoot, um, which a lot of people, I think that's part of the reason he's sliding a little bit um, because he's a little short to play center, but he can't really mm-hmm. shoot. But with a guy like Kristaps, that's not a huge issue because they can kind of just do the Dirk thing where you're swapping, you know, Clark's five on defense and four on – or five on offense, four on defense. Right. You know? um, so I, I like Clark. Right, yeah, and he's got a chance to be your real defensive lockdown guy too, the way he plays and the speed that he plays at. Um, let's go through, uh, just uh, give me your 6 through 10, uh, and then we'll discuss some some names from that, but we are running low on time. So just tell me who you have 6 through 10, Manny. Um, at 6, I have P.J. Washington. Okay. At 7, I have uh, Rui Hachimura. Mm-hmm. Um, eight, I have Reddish. Nine, Cam Johnson. And ten, I have Admiral Schofield. Okay. Very good. Uh, we'll come back to that. Give me your six through ten, Sean. Uh, six, I've got Hunter. Um, seven, I've got Darius Garland, uh, point guard of Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. Eight, I've got Jackson Hayes. Um, nine, I've got Kobe White from North Carolina. And ten, I've got Grant Williams from Tennessee. Love Grant Williams. Um, okay, six. I've got Jackson Hayes from Texas. Uh, seven. I've got Cam Reddish. Eight. I've got Brandon Clark. Nine. I've got Nasir Little uh, from UNC. And then ten uh, was kind of a math specific one, but I have Tyler Hero from uh, Kentucky. Um, so let's uh, let's jump back to you, Manny. Give me. Um, just give me your quick rundown on six through ten, real quick. Just why why you have them in that order and uh, and what you like about them. Uh, P.J. Washington, I just uh, he, he's kind of like same things I like about Hunter. Really, um, he's just like a better defender, um, especially at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, similar build. Um, he's uh, what at six eight, uh, two twenty or so. Mm-hmm. Um, average the same amount of points, about fifteen or so. Also shot at a high clip from distance, uh, over forty percent. Um, but yeah, he he he'll give you more blocks at the rim. Um, he's a high energy, high motor type player. Uh, he's also a hometown kid, you know. Uh, so yeah, I think he would be like a great fit in uh in uh, Dallas. Uh, for Hachimura, honestly, 
Um, I just love his size. Um, he too, like uh, Culver to me, was uh, a little underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. I do think he could use. Um, well, if we if he were to come to Dallas, I don't think he would be a player that we throw out there alongside uh, Chris Stapps right away. But I can see him in a year or two being one of those um, one of those uh, first players off the bench. Yeah. Especially to like uh, anchor, you know, our second unit down low. Um, Reddish, Reddish, I have like a love hate relationship with because when he's hot, like he's like one of the best scorers and best shooters um, coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably the streakiest shooter in the know, draft. Yeah, I always said watching him all year, I felt like he really couldn't get in his groove if we were trying to get into a game or if we were down. Mm-hmm. It's like the bulk of his scoring came when we were already up. Right. You know, so it was just kind of like, I like to, I would like to see how, I like to see him improve finding his game, you know, while, you know, a team is struggling, like to be, you know, the, the, the anchor mm-hmm. pretty much of, of like a nice little run or whatever. But, um, uh, Cam Johnson, uh, I, I, I was, I was in awe because I, have, I didn't really catch a lot of UNC games uh, <laughs> during the season, but when I did get a glimpse, I was just like, okay, this kid's like the, he's a real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll shoot the lights out. Um, again, his size, his length, he's a great defender. He's coming from a great program in UNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Roy Williams always has his players ready for the NBA. Um, he's, oddly enough, uh, you know, I, I could switch Reddish and Johnson. I could swap them eight and nine, mm-hmm. honestly, um, because he's a more consistent shooter in my opinion. So, um, but yeah, either either one would do. Uh, and ten, Skol, um, Admiral Schofield. I just love. I, with him, it's kind of similar to Zion. I just love his personality. Um, he's a great great defender. Um, he's just uh He's a, he's a team guy, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of those guys that um, you would just love to have on any roster. Um, and it, it showed during the, the tournament, you know, he was, you know, not at, playing at his best, and he, you know, took himself out of a game. You don't see a lot of players do that. Right. Little things like that catch your attention, and it's just like, you know, you, you want at least one of those guys on your bench because um, they'll do whatever it takes, uh, you know, to get the victory as opposed to getting theirs, you know. Um, but yeah, his priorities are in order, and um, yeah, he's just a he's just a hard nose um, type player that um, you would love to have in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. All right, give me your breakdown six through ten real quick, Sean. Uh, yeah, six I had Hunter. I think we pretty much covered him. I agree with uh, most everything you guys said of like his defense and size. Um, seven I had Darius Garland. Uh, he is kind of a question mark a little bit. Um, he was a top. A top point guard recruit uh, for Vanderbilt and um, had a knee injury mm-hmm. uh, five games into the year so didn't play um, but Kyrie five Irving. games um, he's an elite shooter um, really good like I said only five games but shot 48% from three um, he is a very good playmaker gets to the rim very well um, couldn't hard to tell how good of a defender he is high school can't really tell you know um but uh awesome ball handler playmaker shooter uh mm-hmm. i think he'd just be a great fit off of luca you know just kind of spotting up um then i had at eight 
Um, I had Jackson Hayes. Um, he's a big out of Texas, mm-hmm. late bloomer. Didn't start till senior year of high school. Um, is kind of breaking out right now. Excellent defender. Um, very bouncy. I could definitely see him playing a, a Dwight Powell roll mm-hmm. to the rim type role. Um, nine, I had Kobe White. He's the point guard of North Carolina. Um, first of all, he's got probably the best hair in the draft. I got to give it up <laughs> to the guy. So it would be nice to have a guy with a fro on the team. Um, but lightning quick, also a good shooter, um, good passer. Yeah, he's got some swagger. Pretty good passer. Questionable decision maker, though, sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, which, that gives me the most pause on him. And 10, I had Grant Williams. Um, he's a, I think he is a junior, maybe a sophomore out of Tennessee. Um, great rebounder. Um, great really good defender, too. Great leader. Um, just kind of makes big plays. Uh, I want to see... He didn't shoot a lot of threes in college, so that's kind of remained to be seen. But I've seen some people kind of compare him to a P.J. Tucker type, and I I could definitely see that um, with him going forward. Yeah, I'm a big Grant Williams fan. That Tennessee team was just a lot of fun. I wish they would have gone a little further in the tournament. But uh, Yeah. uh, Okay, I'll go through mine real quick. Uh, I had Jackson Hayes at six as well. um, We already talked about him a little bit. Uh, Just a great rim roller. Um, he just like you said, he's got a chance at, at being Dwight Powell. I think that his his ceiling is probably um, maybe a little bit better, a little bit uh, more, a little bit more exciting uh, Dwight Powell type player, um, which in this draft I think is a win. Um, seven, I have Reddish, um, really just for lack of of solid options at this point. I do think Reddish has a lot of upside if he can kind of tame some of his demons. Um, he is a very good shooter. Um, obviously, he was highly touted coming into um, the NCAA this year. I think he's going to uh, have a chance to be great, but he does need to be in the right situation with the right people around him um, for that to go in the right direction. Uh, eight, I have Brandon Clark. I really don't have anything to add about Brandon Clark. I think you said it pretty well, Sean. Um, just a, uh, a guy that can be your energy guy and a great defender. Uh, nine, I have Nasir Little. Um, Little obviously had a rough year at North Carolina this year, um, but I still think he has a lot of potential. Um, I think that as far as kind of size and and athletic ability go, he uh, is is one of those guys that could really um, be a a draft steal, depending on where he falls. Shooting is getting better. He's a great defender, um, and yeah, just his... The way his or his physique and and his uh, explosiveness are just um, things that people covet in the uh, in the league. Yeah, uh, and special. then ten, I, yeah. I had the weird one. I had Tyler Hero. Um, I think that he's got a chance to be the best shooter in the draft. Um, he is my pick to be the best shooter in the draft, um, and that's something any team could use. Honestly, um, with a draft class like this where there are a lot of question marks, I think you could take him early and. And not feel bad about it because he is the kind of guy that that his skill set should transfer to the NBA pretty seamlessly. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's our our top ten board for now. Um, obviously, it's a little mixed up, a little little different, but for the most part, we have a lot of the same guys. Um, we are out of time, but I am going to throw a quick trivia question at you guys. 
um, before we go. This one Ooh, is I'm ready. <laughs> this one might be a little easy. I hope it's not, but uh, it was kind of a um, last minute thing. I, I forgot that we that I normally do a trivia, so I put one together real quick. But let me read it to you here. In the 2011 NBA playoffs, Derek Nowitzki and Jason Terry led or co-led the Mavs in scoring in every single playoff game. There were two games in which someone other than those two players co-led the team in scoring. Who was it? Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, did Peja in one of the Lakers game? Laker games? Is that your, uh, is that your guess? I'm... Oh, no. I don't know if I want to lock that in. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Um... I'll go with, you said two players, right? Two players, but it's the same player in both games. Oh, same player? Mm-hmm. Um, two games, same player, yeah. I'll go, I'll go Brea. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kid. <laughs> the correct answer is Sean Marion. Oh, so in the man. Oklahoma City series, I believe, uh, Sean Marion and Dirk had the same, or both scored the same amount in two games. So both games they they each tied, uh, but it was Marion for both games, and it was both in the OKC series. Man, I'm I'm embarrassed. That's <laughs> a great question. There you go. Now you guys know. You'll be ready. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you all for listening, uh, as always. Um, we really do appreciate you listening. Uh, keep an eye out for any posts from Sean Bush, from Manny Dixon, or myself on thesmokingcuban.com. Uh, keep an eye out for us on Twitter. We will post at thesmokingcuban, as well as our individual Twitters. Mine is at uh, coleraskman67. Manny, uh, yours is what? Emmanuel Dixon underscore? Yeah. And Sean, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Sean Bush 3 S-E-A-N right. there you Sean. go S-E-A-N at Sean Bush 3 <laughs> so keep an eye out for us and again thank you and uh, go Mavs yeah take that with you until next time